As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. A season dedicated to running it back trips and falls just short of the ultimate goal in one of the most frustrating, disappointing, upsetting, thoroughly devastating football games that I can remember watching. That's the energy of this morning's Times Ours here on The Athletic. I'm Joshua Briscoe. You're going to hear from Nate Taylor next, Seth Kaiser after that. Guys, 31-9 to would have been pretty surprising if you would have told me that was the margin for the Chiefs winning this game. 31-9, to where Patrick Mahomes' offense doesn't break double digits, doesn't get into the end zone, doesn't ever really feel particularly in the game at any point in the second half. Uh, If you would have given me any of those prop bets, I would have lost my life savings. And this is why you don't bet on sports, kids. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it, kids. It's not worth it. Yeah. It it's uh it is you ever wake up the next day and like, wow, that still occurred? Um not in the way the Chiefs not not that the Chiefs lost, it's it's how and why they lost. Yep. Um but I just the 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 line I kept thinking to myself um around the third quarter. I I, I need to find exactly when the stop popped in my head, but I was like a a dynasty turns into a disaster mm. in the most like you know, irrecognizable way. For a team that had been, you know, fourteen and one with their, you know, with the, with their starters essentially, but this this just explains how how difficult it is to repeat as champions. And you can say that sentence, um, you can understand it, but it's incredibly hard to repeat as champions. It's the reason no one's done it in now sixteen seasons. Uh, which is still the longest drought in NFL history. Uh, I feel like the ending was not the same, but I I really did think about the 
2014 Seahawks and how they were also even closer to repeating as champions. Mm-hmm. And it's just that quarterback. He's just always there. He's just always there. Um, and I don't know when this dude's going to retire. <laughs> I, I really don't because <laughs> it's not going to be now. I like it's um, I don't know how much sense I can make of trying to understand what happened um, last night in Tampa just because we can make this simple for you guys. But in a lot of ways, uh, that team got thoroughly whipped in a manner that I have not seen since I started covering this team. That's how that's how uh, strange this is, Josh, because you you feel like you've known what the ceiling of this team is and you really knew what the floor was mm-hmm. and they were they were they were way down in the basement. I am hold on. I'm upset. I'm distressed. I'm troubled, perturbed, disturbed. I'm dis I'm discomposed. I'm unsettled, disconcerted, discountenanced, dismayed, disquieted, worried, bothered, inconvenienced. I'm agitated, Josh. I'm flustered. I'm thrown. I'm ruffled. I'm unnerved. I'm shaken. I'm frightened. I'm alarmed. I'm angered. I'm annoyed. I'm irritated. I'm vexed. I'm hurt. (sighs) I'm pestered. I'm harassed. I just had to retweet a comment where Devin White, who has been not very good all year, is like, well, we know they're a pretty gimmicky offense, and they don't really like to play physical. And here's the thing. (laughs) Them's the rules. He gets to say it, and everyone knows that's not true about the Chiefs offense, but he gets to say it. Them's the rules. The um, um, Winfield Jr. <laughs> throwing up the deuces to Tyree Kill. Them's the rules. He gets to do that, and that really was good. I mean, that it was, was good. That was like, hey, it was good. You you don't. And I think Josh, I think you might have said this on Twitter. If you're gonna throw up the deuces when you score touchdowns and backflip into the end zone, and it, it, that's gonna happen. And Hill didn't react, and I'm assuming the that's game. why. Is the game. The game is the game. Is the game. And they look, they they were winning the Super Bowl. They get to celebrate. It really was. I I just there I I know there's so many things for us to talk about. And so here here's this is the scene that I'm going to paint for you this morning when I woke up. I woke up and (laughs) this is so silly. Because you know, like sometimes you wake up after a particularly bad dream that's somewhat realistic and for a minute you're like oh crap you know like whether it's Mm -hmm. you know you know you missed a big meeting or you know your mine are always like i'm back in school and i had some tests that i'm not prepared for and which is you know i'm a nerd so that's how it goes and then like you're like oh wait wait nope I'm 35 and I don't, I'm not in school anymore. And I never have to be in school again if I don't want to. And yay, this was the opposite of that. Like, oh man, Super Bowl. Nope. Nope. That was last night. And that did indeed happen. And also, it's negative 23 out. And it's not going to be above zero for the rest of the week. And we probably have like 20 people for in custodies today that I might need to actually help with that I don't want to. And I just like, it was just one of those days where I just woke up. I was like, ah, (laughs) that was my emotion. It's just because there's so many things to be upset about in a game when you get just blown the crap out. And it was, 
it, it just was such a bad game. And so many things went wrong. And there's so many things that people could be frustrated about yep. that I'm not even angry at people. Normally, what I do with losses is I try to figure out why it happened. Like what the main reason are. You know, what's the 51% reason? Mm-hmm. And then I try to correct narratives if people are focused on things that I think are maybe the wrong reasons. In this particular game, so many things happened that there's really no wrong thing to focus on except Patrick Mahomes. And the problem is, I, I had to get off Twitter last night because, you know, Stephen Smith started it and. You know, I, I saw it from, you know, this is what took his mid- you're so mad he took his middle initial from him. Yep, yep, yeah. Steve, yep. Yeah, yeah, Stephen, Stephen B. Who's Smith. Who's Stephen I, Smith guy? I, down, <laughs> I downgraded him by a letter because it I'm was gonna so call bad. Him, I'm going to call him Stismith if I, because <laughs> I'm irritated. Um, but, you know, the whole just, you know, I, I know the narratives are going to start about Mahomes, which is ridiculous because he just won the Super Bowl last year with an unbelievable comeback, and I just couldn't take it. Like, people are like, well, this is what Mahomes would look like on a bad team. It's like, that's okay, fair enough. And so that that other than that, though, there are so many reasons they lost to the Buccaneers that I'm actually, I can tell I'm going to move on from it pretty quickly because it's more, it becomes more funny than anything else. It's like, well, <laughs> that sucked. So... Yeah, now that I've got that grown out of my system, that, by the way, Danielle, should be our audio clip. Me going, ah! I think that sums up Chiefs Kingdom this morning. I'm I'm glad that you kind of threw out the idea of what's the 51% reason that this game went the way it did. And I've I've got, I'll let you guys decide where you think those those, uh, percentages end up being, and, and you can go wherever you want. I feel like I have, like, crippling stats and observations on I'm looking at my notes from the game last night right now, like 10 things. Like, I feel like there are like 10 things it was like, well, they could have done any three of these things better and still maybe lost by two possessions, which mm-hmm. again, they didn't score a touchdown. That doesn't happen to Patrick Mahomes. It hasn't happened to Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. They lost by more than two possessions. That hadn't happened to Patrick Mahomes since 2016 at Texas Tech. Like it just yep. doesn't. None of none of the the end results here seem like they made any sense. I I think, and I'll let you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but but maybe the thing, if if not necessarily the the clear most obvious breakdown, maybe the one that the people that people are talking about the most is that the offensive line with Mike Rimmers, Nick Allegretti, Austin Ryder, Stefan Wisniewski, Andrew Wiley, left to right, um, it just all night long, it seemed like Patrick Mahomes was in a collapsing pocket, bailing out, running for his life, running backwards, and not having great things happen whenever he did that. It just seemed like it was, it, it, it seemed like that went about as badly as it could have, which I don't think any of us saw coming. Um, I'll give you this from ESPN Stats and Info. Mahomes was pressured. On twenty on twenty nine of fifty six dropbacks, the most of any quarterback in Super Bowl history. Um, he Seth Walder tweeted from Next Gen Stats that Mahomes ran a total of four hundred and ninety seven yards before his passes or sacks. Just insane. The most pre throw pre sack yards run by any quarterback in any game this season. Uh, and then Ben Baldwin made the point that Mahomes's uh, time to throw was nearly three and a half seconds, which is a long time. 
I do wonder how many of those times were because he was running around for 14 seconds, just sprinting back to his own end zone. Um, and, and there's certainly a lot going on there. I'm sure the receivers getting open or not also certainly plays into that. But uh, specifically that aspect, Nate, let's let's at least start there because I gave you all of my good stats on it. Uh, how how much worse did that go than you would have expected heading into that game? Um, there's levels to this, right? But the reason they lost is because their offensive line um, no had no answers. And it's rare to criticize a coaching staff that I've told you guys all year is one of the best in the league. That continuity had given them such an advantage. And for one of their better coaching jobs of the season against a a very talented, worthy Buffalo Bills opponent, um, I rewatched large stretches of that game. Yeah, you know, last night from an from an offensive standpoint, and it still kind of doesn't make sense to me. And that's very again, a lot of things I'm saying today are just so odd given what I've seen, reported, noticed, uh, and have taken away. But, you know, as I said on the last episode, this was this was this was a day for Andrew Wiley and Mike Rimmers to be to be cult heroes in this city. And they were going to be remembered one way or the other. Um, and that is definitely the case now. It's in the wrong, it's in the wrong sort of perspective. But look, um, the Chiefs were close to being methodical and taking what the defense gave them and little little chunks at a time. It gets to third and six. They're on the Buccaneers 14 yard line. It's 14-3 Buccaneers. I'm assuming somebody's going to get open, but it doesn't matter because Andrew Wiley takes yeah. a pass set that's too far wide. When you're going up against a speed rusher in Barrett, I believe, who was the person who became free, and it just, you know, within a second and a half, instead of it potentially being 14-10, and you feel like you can weather your worst half as a team all season. Um, Mahomes has, he can't even look at receivers. Um, you know, there's there's a great call by Todd Bowles um, where on the first, you know, points of the game, Josh, he blitzes two corners. Yeah. And Mahomes sees it immediately. And I just... I just want to tell people how rare that is. And I and I kind of tried to explain it on Twitter in a very, you know, rushed manner, but I'm like, the man was clearly prepared, Mahomes. He clearly saw everything. It's the first time in his career where not only was he attempting to lift his entire team with him, nobody joined him along the way. Nobody. And maybe Kelsey for short stretches, but for short stretches, but you know, he had well. a, he had a critical he had a critical mistake as well. Yep. The 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 game comes down to the offensive line, and I put it on Twitter and I wrote it in the story. But there's no Mitchell Schwartz, there's no Eric Fisher, there's no Kaliche Assimile, there's no there's no Laurent Duvernay Tardif. You would have taken any one of those dudes last night. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And from a coaching standpoint, I'm just, there were some interesting things that they did on the first two drives. And then as soon as they got down, they just, they just reverted back to this is what we do. So on one series, they are aware of like, hey, let's put Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey on Jason Pierre-Paul um, just to give Mike Rimmers some help. And then later on in the game, it's like, hey, man, five out. Let's do the best we can. Um, and the offensive line, like, it's the worst performance um, in a big game in Chiefs history? Like, is that too hype? Is that is that too harsh, Josh, I guess is the, is the question. The only years where they could have had worse offensive line performances, they couldn't have possibly been big games by definition. I mean, I can't. Yeah. You, you you can't you can't you can't give up that pressure percentage in a game it, it, on the biggest stage. It's they haven't they haven't had that many big games in their in their history. <laughs> True. They, they 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 tried a couple screens. Um. The let me tell you right now, the offensive linemen were not on time. Mm-hmm. So even when Andy was like, okay, let's run a screen because we know they're getting pressure. Like they were they were getting blown up to the point where they couldn't get to their marks soon enough. Yep. To where Mahomes should have a clear window to throw the ball to, like Daryl Williams. Yep. Um, there are times the where, yeah, there there are times where, you know, from where my seat was in the press box, I can start to see Tyree Kill influence the secondary, but it's too late. It's just too late. Like the game plan was for Tyreek, and I understand what the Chiefs were doing with with his routes. Okay, you're gonna play two deep safety. That's fine. It just it's gonna take time for that route to influence the secondary so that somebody else has more space to operate in. But you need more than a second and a half for your quarterback to do some things. And um Patrick Mahomes was still the again, this sounds wild. Patrick Mahomes was still the best player on the field. That doesn't yesterday. sound wild at all. Uh, like I well, it, it might to people <laughs> who understand box score I'm supporting who, you <laughs> thank you and who won the game uh, he more than half of his body was parallel and he still threw an accurate pass and that is on the offensive line that is on the skill position players that's on a that's on a coaching staff that that didn't chip that didn't man yeah. just think about this Seth the game flips on the other side of the ball because the Buccaneers come out and they're like, we're we going to do what we do. And they're like, this is not working. Um, Frank Clark has sacked Tom Brady. We, we cannot have this. Yep. Let's bring in a sixth offensive lineman. Let's get in more bunch formations. Let's let's take our time. Like they made adjustments. And it had real positive effects. Yep. It- the Chiefs never really adjusted to where they were in formations that at least made the Buccaneers think. And then once you're down by double digits um, and you don't have the offensive line that gives you time to throw the ball uh, in the manner that Mahomes, you know, is so accustomed to, um, they, they're such a good coaching staff. I just don't understand, like, if it's just not in their principles to understand, like, to, to change that much for, you know, uh, an offensive line that, that was um, – that was way below par. Right. Let me give you a quick stat on that, and then I'm going to clear out of the way for you, Seth. But uh, just to, to that point, 
Um, this does not include chips. If a route was run on a play by a player that does not count for this stat, that is my disclaimer on the front end. Next-gen stats had the Chiefs running five-man protection 92% of the time. Now, yes. if you think that sounds like a lot, but what do they usually run? What is a normal amount of five-man protection? I had not ever seen this stat tweeted out before. And also, to Nate's point, seems like something the Chiefs like to do them as often as possible because it means you can have more dudes running routes. 92% is the third highest rate by any team in a game in the next-gen stats era, which is since 2016. They ran a historic amount of five-man protection in the modern era of football in this game with with four backup offensive linemen, essentially. Um, Seth, what do you think about everything that, that Nate laid out there? Um, That was a good stat, by the way. That, that's a good Great stat to, to look. And so... When Nate was talking about in terms of the Buccaneers adjusting, it's worth noting the Chiefs' defense stopped them two straight drives to open up the game. Yes. Um, And they were, I mean, really the entire first half, it it took the Chiefs' offense putting the defense in a couple bad spots. And Townsend had a tough game. Um, And and it mattered in the first half, right? It did, And a lot of Mm -hmm. these things... A lot of these things that mattered in the first half ended up not mattering in the second half because the Chiefs just got housed. I mean, it was just bad. There were so many things that went wrong. But the defense early on, it was looking like it was going to be a defensive struggle because the defense early on was playing really well. And like you said, the Buccaneers adjusted really well. Um, And the Chiefs offense just could never get it going. You know, they had they had two drives to start the game where they had an opportunity to make this game play out a certain way. Because if you're Tampa Bay and you go down 14 nothing, some of the methodologies and things that they're doing don't work quite as well because you can't be as patient. Mm-hmm. And they just couldn't do it. Um, drops were Drops were a big deal. And that that's where so like it's it was kind of like a tale of two games for me because like the second half I was watching the game obviously but I was also just walking around my house like like well like the living room kitchen dining room area which is kind of all together and I was like my wife who's awesome you know had made like this awesome buffalo chicken dip stuff so I ate a really unhealthy amount of that um, but I was like helping her clean and stuff just I couldn't hold still. And, and like so, the second half, I'd kind of seen the direction was going after the first couple drives. And it's just like, man, they just they're just getting worked. And but in the first half, it was self inflicted errors. Those first few drives, right? Um, and I, if I were to sum up somehow, the 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 Chiefs all year have only been stopped by self inflicted errors. On offense. Now, to be fair, that's with them having Eric Fisher and then Mike Remmers playing at right tackle where he's more comfortable. The Andrew Wiley being better at right tackle thing ended uh, rather quickly yesterday. <laughs> um, see how I laugh through the pain? And so <laughs> somebody somebody tweeted both of us. I don't know if you saw the original tweet or my tweet, but somebody said, like, I feel like you and Seth really lied to me telling me the offensive <laughs> line wouldn't be a big problem. And I, I quote tweeted it and I said, This is an important time. This is a good time for me to put out an important reminder. All of my good takes are my own beautiful original thoughts, and all of my yeah. bad takes are stolen from Seth. I just want everyone to know that officially. Yeah, so yeah, official it's like yeah. It's, it's like the good plays are Andy Reid's assistants and the bad plays are his. Yep. That's right. Yeah. No, nope, yeah. I accept and, this. But but 
But wh- where was the jet sweep? Where was, I, I, oh, where was the RPOs? I, 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 again, I, I, what, I, I don't know. Like, I literally, like, it. they made it easy on the Bucks. They, they and I, really and I, did. And I want to. I don't want to take anything away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They played an incredible game and they knew something about the chiefs that I don't think a lot of teams understand and are willing to commit for, you know, the whole length of the game, but no end arounds, no jet sweeps, an occasional RPO here or there. They couldn't get a screen right to save their life. I mean, like, it's just, it was terrible. Both offensive line and coaching on the offensive side of the football. I mean, and it would have looked, it would have looked, who it little, it would have looked cataclysmic if Patrick Mahomes wasn't the quarterback. Like, if there's any other quarterback in the league playing last night in that offensive line, I don't, I don't know if the Chiefs scored nine points. Yeah. It, it, it cataclysmic. That's a great. That's a great term. But yeah, the one of the things that we talked about when we said we hoped the, the, we laid out a scenario in which the line would not be that big a deal, and that was where Wiley and Remmers both play average, which I wouldn't say they did. They they both no. got handled. The interior line got handled, um, which is not going to end well for you. Basically, I was thinking about this. I feel like the line looked um, – I, I don't think the Buccaneers have as good a pass rush as the Niners team from last year, right? Mm-hmm. But with Vita Via and, you know, next to Sue, they've got let's – let's say it's 90% as good because they don't have a Bosa, and Bosa's a lot better than their two edge rushers. But they've got two really, really good guys on the interior, so it's a little – you know, let's say it's 90%. Imagine what last year's Super Bowl would have looked like if Mitch Schwartz wasn't absolutely destroying his guy on his side every snap. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you would have had there. And one of the other things that we talked about when we were saying, oh, you know, we hope this is the way it might not be a big deal. And what I kept saying is this is why, you know, if Mahomes does the A, B, C, and D. Here's the other thing. Mahomes did do A, B, C, and D at some points, and the balls just got dropped. He made some of those plays. Like, so let's go back to the Saints game earlier this year, you know, where the Saints were hitting Mahomes nearly as much. And he just had a couple drives where he just willed them down the field. But you got to catch the ball in those situations, even if they're tough. You know, Travis Kelsey had a really bad drop on a third down that mattered. Like, this was, and this was when the game was still in question, right? And that's where you have this butterfly effect type thing now. A bunch of things would have had to go right, but the Chiefs falling behind like they did. Maybe that's what causes them to revert. I don't know. But you also had several points where it's like, you know, you can try to, you know, take a lead and alter the course of the game. Tyree kills drop in the end zone really bad. It hit him in the face mask. Like, with Hill, you know, you expect him to high point that. You know, Daryl Williams, that play late, that really was the end, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't even remember what the score was at that point, but had they scored there, because I believe Tampa Bay scored a touchdown on their ensuing drive. Mm-hmm. Had they scored there, it's just a different game. You know, and, and so then that's football. It's what you saw, and you kind of opened up talking about this. People want to focus on the line, and they should. 
It's worth noting because I saw a bunch of people on Twitter last night. You know, this is what happens when Brett Veach doesn't invest in the line. We're gonna, we'll, I want to get. I, we'll, let's let's do that as its own thing. Okay, we'll do that as its own thing. It wasn't just that the line failed. I mean, that was a huge part of it. But yes, it's also on the coaching staff that where were the jet sweeps? Like this is what we talked about. One of the things we talked about was. You know, Mahomes will do what Mahomes does. They're going to slide protections and have bootlegs and have some chips helping out. And most importantly, what I kept predicting is, man, we're going to see Hardman and Hill running jet sweep actions like 95% of the time. Yeah. And instead, it was like 5% of the time. I I don't have the actual numbers in front of me. But, you know, you'd see it. But even when they had Hardman or Hill running across the line, it wasn't at the snap. Right, they weren't threatening the actual jet sweep. They were snapping the ball a half second after they went by. It was so it doesn't actually force the edge rushers to slow down. And I, for the life of me, I don't know why. And look, it happens. Um, they just um, both. I mean, they, 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 the that was an unbelievable game called by the Buccaneers head coaches, by the, by the head coach, by the defensive coordinator, but. They didn't do things that they could have done to help themselves. Like you said, they reverted to this is what we do football, failing to they just it's like they weren't acknowledging like, well, Wiley's not having a good night. You know what I mean? It's like they were it's like they reverted to this is what they do, pretending that my hope that Remmers and Wiley could play an average game was happening. And it wasn't. You can't say this is what we do when you don't have Eric Fisher, because this is what you do when you've got Eric Fisher and Mitch Schwartz. But it can't be what you do in those circumstances, and, and that it, that's a frustrating that's a frustrating side to that game. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The the thing about that in particular, Seth, is that it is so baffling to me. Is I, I like you you pretty much said this already, but it it felt like it was their most vanilla offensive game plan in the game where we expected and they clearly needed to have one of their most creative to protect their weakest links. Something that this offense has been really good at. Something this coaching staff has been really really good at for a really long time. And then they went into the half. And the weekend came out, and then they came back out with the exact same looking thing. Yeah, like it was. I, I, somebody had even tweeted, like, "Well, you know, here's the here's the a little silver lining. This is a longer halftime than usual. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, they're gonna even spag the other side. They're gonna come out of here with something different. They're gonna, they're gonna come out of here with and this. They're gonna look like a different team in the second half. And they mm-hmm. look like they literally just said, "Well, let's let's, let's run this one back,' which also isn't even what they did against the Bills." Against the right. Bills, they ran they ran pre snap motion. I, I don't have. I'm gonna try to find the number. It was like 80 percent of the plays 
They, they were running pre-snap motion. They, they were doing all sorts of stuff to keep everybody honest. And that was with Eric Fisher out there. It, it and, and with Patrick Mahomes being more limited by the toe that he's also reportedly probably going to get surgery on now. It, the, they had all of the disadvantages minus Eric Fisher, who was still there until obviously late in the game. And they were covering it up in a way that the offense looked as good as it's looked all year and sometimes, even with the line being beaten up and Mahomes' toe being an issue. And none of that showed up in the Super Bowl. I, It doesn't make sense. It really, it it really doesn't. It really it doesn't. doesn't make sense. I also forgot to mention Lucas Niang, who was drafted in the third round, who yep. would have played today, but he opted out. His choice, because, you know, we're still out here dealing with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't, I don't know. I don't like from a, there's always something you can do from a front office standpoint. I should make that clear, but I don't know how it would have really changed what you saw. Um, And Eric Fisher matters. Mm -hmm. Mitchell Schwartz matters. Yes. Uh, I, I just playing people out of position and for all the success that Stefan Wozniewski had last year, you know, a lot can change in one year. We just saw it. Um, like, I just, I, I don't, they had to be creative. And here's the thing that Todd Bowles deserves massive amounts of credit. Because I told him, don't you out here be playing this single high. They They showed it like, twice in the first half very early and then as soon as Mahomes was about to receive the snap they immediately opted out of it and was like no 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 no, no. <laughs> like this is not actually true what you know deep high safety um CBS showed it in a really great way in the second half where it's like oh yeah it's two deep safeties 15 to 20 yards off the ball and good luck because unlike the Chargers unlike the 49ers, unlike a lot of teams that were trying to do a similar strategy. Oh, we're going to get there in three minutes, in three seconds. Like we ain't got, we ain't worried about that. And so from a psychological standpoint, I think what Todd Bowles did was let them go the length of the field and we just need to win in the red zone. We need them to kick field goals. And if we don't give up a big play, psychologically, the pressure Ways on the team who's supposed to win in the Super Bowl. That has always been the case. It will always be the case, in my opinion. The team who was favored to win in the Super Bowl usually needs something good to happen before halftime. Because if it doesn't, the other team is too talented because, you know, they got to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. to not take advantage of the moment, especially if they already have a legendary quarterback who's been there. 10 times and understands the ramifications of what it takes to win. Um, I just think the chiefs needed to get into the end zone. They needed a big play and never arrived. And psychologically it was beautiful for the Buccaneers to, to, to understand that in a way that some teams just couldn't get to for obvious reasons based on personnel and matchups. But Fully committed for an entire game. They we, they can't beat us deep. They will not beat us deep. Um, and the secondary, when the ball was in the air, made the right place. Um, to where 
there's not even, and I know we're going to get to this, Josh, there's there's no play where, I mean, there's one, I believe, where Travis Kelsey appears to be hit before the ball arrives, right before halftime. But there's, you know, the secondary, the secondary played really, really well for the Buccaneers. But it's a lot easier to, obviously, play that far off when the defensive line gets pressure, you know, more than half the time. Uh, but it's a real credit to that. To that coaching staff to know that these these warrior s type runs start occurring when you know slants go for seventy one yards or you know third and fifteen becomes first and fifteen or first and ten excuse me like they just didn't have those moments and if if Travis Kelsey catches that pass if Tyreek Hill catches the ball near the goal line uh, I just think emotionally and psychologically things change and um, I just I don't. There's always going to be a what if when your team does not win in the postseason. Um, but it's very 50-50. Like, what if the Chiefs just play better? Or what if the Buccaneers don't have the perfect game plan to exploit your biggest weakness? I yeah. said so I can hear you about, about to crack one open real quick. And I want to sneak in one more thing on this one. Uh, Tyree Kill after the game said that the Bucks are playing a lot of cover two, a lot of cover four. So they're playing a lot of zone. They prepared for man. He said they had a better game plan. When was the last time you, you could say out loud they had the better game plan about a defense going up against this offense? And also, when was the last time they saw something that they weren't expecting that went disastrously and they never adjusted to? I That was baffling to me. Like, he was like, yeah, no, Todd Bowles did his thing, and they had a better game plan than we did, and we prepared for man, and they had zone, they were playing a lot of zone, and so then the game just ended. Like, like as soon as they played zone for the first snap, we quit. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Like, it's just... Well, well think about insane. this. insane. Think about this. Patrick Mahomes, again, sees everything by about the third snap of the game, which, again, incredible. Like, just, just insane. Like, he is at the level that Tom Brady is pre- and post-snap. I just want people to realize that. He's at that level already. McCall Hartman ran routes and didn't know where the where he was supposed to go. Like, let's just be clear. Like, let's just be, like, if we are to believe Tyreek Hill, and if we are to believe that Andy Reid basically said, and he never says this, oh, yeah, Todd got us. Like, just flat out was like, no, he, he, he got us. Oh, did I mean, Andy McCall, say that? I didn't. Andy said, you know, He's. Uh, um, let me get it to you real quick. Uh, you, quote, while you look that up, let me credit. let me ask let me ask this question. If McCole Hardeman doesn't know where to go, why is he playing? What's the Sammy Watkins was back, and I barely noticed. And why is, never why saw is Demarcus him. Robinson yeah. on the roster? Isn't the whole point of Demarcus Robinson that he's supposed to know what to do? Even though there was the pick at the end zone earlier in the season, he didn't come back. Like, what are we doing? They they had clearly it was like they had clearly designed plays in the fifteen play script. And I'm generalizing this, but it was it was clear that they did design plays that like, oh, Tyreek Hill is going to receive a lot of the attention, wisely so. We just cooked them for 200 yards in the first quarter of the previous matchup, but we got this other fast guy, and if he runs his routes at a certain angle from a certain oh, yeah. distance, whether it's man or zone, like it's supposed to work. But look, that, like Patrick Mahomes threw two passes to Nicole Hardman, thinking he either was a running his to the fullest of his of his extent, which he wasn't. And B, um, he knew to get his head around because that's not Mansur, that's zone now. So the ball's going to come out a little quicker. And, you know, there's a blitz happening. Like, I need you to kind of recognize that, like, in, you know, 
in the moment. Three, three um, or four times this year that's happened where where Hardman has been a huge part of the first 15 or so, and then he just disappears. Like, they're clearly trying to manufacture touches yes, for him, and yes. then he vanishes into thin air. Seth, Nate and I have been talking for a very long time. Your turn. Um, The the idea of seeing everything with Mahomes is a very legitimate one. That, that play to Hardman really frustrated me because, you know— these, Romo's like, oh, that was a risky Which one? play. Which you have to be more specific. The 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 early throw, um, they had a they had a blitz that followed Hardman's. Which this was a really in, uh, it's a blitz call I hadn't seen before. Where they had the cornerback blitz following Hardman's jet sweep action, and maybe that's one reason why the Chiefs stopped running as much. Although it wasn't really a jet sweep action because they snapped the ball after he went by, and so the corner essentially like followed that area. And Mahomes, that was when Mahomes shook the corner in the backfield. Unbelievable play, right? Mm. Um, well, no, I mean, he, he had that, and then and then he had the other one where he followed him there. And like you said, he gets the ball out hot. McColl's not looking for it. Here's the thing. If McColl is looking for it, Mahomes got the ball there before the corner could. And the corner went for the ball. Right. So, if, Mahomes, so if, Hardman, is... if Hardman slows and turns and catches that, there ain't nobody by him. This is me genuinely asking now, not facetiously. Are you talking about the one where he's going down the sideline and and the and needed to to angle back in, or the one where he was like slanting into space over on the right side? Oh, those left, are two frustrating. Left le- left sideline, um, immediate throw, hot. Where Got the it. cornerback, and this was early in the game, where the cornerback, yeah, yeah. both of those were, but yeah, yep. And so, what you assume is is McCall didn't realize he was hot. I don't know. Um. But that is, it's like, well, how do you not know these things? And some of it I do think is you see the reaction sometimes where Mahomes just understands that the game at a higher level than his receivers, except maybe Kelsey. Um, and you you know what I mean? Like, he sees yep. it and they don't. Yep. And it's like, oh, holy crap. And that's going to happen sometimes when you have a savant playing quarterback, right? It, it happens to Brady sometimes. His receiver's just not looking because it's like, Dude, how the crap did you know that was going to happen? Because it's just going to. But it really was, you know, to go to Tyree Kill's comment, the fact that he says they prepared more for man. Um, Look, I, I, <laughs> I try to stay away from certain things because the, the reality is I, I don't know much, you know. Um, I did know that the Bucks were not going to play a lot of man. <laughs> and I just don't understand how it feels like they prepared for the game, hoping the Buccaneers would do the same things that they did last time. And that, at least that's what it sounds like. You know, I have no idea what they actually prepared for. I'm just basing it on the quotes and then basing off Spagnolo sent the house a ton. I thought he would. But once they start start running like some of these like uh, play action trap, you know, getting Gronk in space, little, you know, pop passes type thing, you've got to stop, right? Especially when it's Ben Neiman getting exposed in space time after time after time. Like, you've got to have an answer for it. And the Buccaneers had some great tendency breakers, like on the Fournette um, touchdown down the right side that was one of the game-breaking, kind of like, oh, this is going to be, this is it. Um, They pulled a blocker, and they never pull blockers, right? The Chiefs defenders, they just weren't prepared for it. And and so they had some great tendency breakers. But the the Chiefs on their, their side of the ball, 
it really, and, and again, I know we're going to do a whole thing on the offensive line because that was a big thing. But additionally, they just got pantsed in terms of what they prepared for versus what the Bucks did. And this is what happens, a blowout, when your coaching staff gets beaten, when your personnel gets beaten, and and we don't need to spend hardly any time on this at all. The last the the the, the Patriots last two touchdown drives of the first half, man, they scored a lot of touchdowns. And again, did this, you, I think you just I think you said Patriots, and I almost did that. No, last yeah, night. the Bucks. <laughs> it feels well. Right. well I don't the know the reason it, that was a Freudian slip because those yeah. were two very Patriot drives that were ninety five percent penalty. Um. And look, it didn't. I, we said this before we started recording. Those last two drives of the second half for the Bucks, where there were some, you know, when you got Keenan Allen on Twitter, and Keenan Allen does not like the Chiefs, he has a lot of crap to say about the Chiefs. When you got Keenan Allen on Twitter, like, so these refs, though, it's bad. But mm-hmm. the one thing for me, honestly, Honestly, I'm glad it was a blowout instead of a close loss. Because if it were a close loss, the end of the officiating in the first half would be haunting me. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, a couple of those were not catchable. Tangled legs is not pass interference. Um, carrying your man up the seam in the red zone and a pass that was thrown to the second row is not pass interference. All of these things, it's right? Not. It's I not. mean, those, it's so those, bad. <laughs> now, and again, this is not just super clear. This is not why the Chiefs lost. The Chiefs got housed. They 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 got killed on both sides of the ball. And in some hey. ways, I'm I'm glad because it would be haunting me. But that it the game was close at that point, and it's just like, what is happening here? That was that let's, was frustrating. Let let let's take this let's take this easy, Josh. You, you ready? Let me ask you some questions. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm ready. We'll see. Did Chris Jones have a good game? I have no idea. I didn't notice. I, I have no the idea. Well, then the answer's no, sir. I, yeah, I can't, I can't possibly. I'm afraid to say no because I think Seth might show up at my door, but I didn't notice him, I don't he, know, he twice. Did, he, he did not have a good game. He had a penalty that was completely Oh, yeah, no, the, the penalty where he gave up, a, gave up a free first down would have been third and seven or eight. Yeah, no, that, yeah. Was, uh, that, was, that was terrible. Yep. That was terrible. Did, uh, right. That was his most memorable play. It was a huge mistake. Yep. Did, did Miko Hartman have a good game? No. He uh he was also it was not until I looked back it was not Antonio Hamilton that was offsides on the third on the fourth yeah, and yeah, five field goal was, no it was it was it was me oh, and, 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 he was oh, he was that hurt yeah he he was virtually um it's the worst game of his career let's just be honest Miko Hartman was was um <laughs> it was the worst game of his career. It was uh, the worst one, game of one, his career. One game after after opening the AFC Championship game with, with a free ball on the one yard line for the Bills. But at least Man. he made some plays there. I mean, no, no, right. for sure, for sure, for yeah. sure. But yeah. think think about how that game started. If you would have frozen time there and said his game is going to be worse next time, like oh no, yeah. Did uh, <sighs> did Tyreek Hill have a good game? Nope, nope, not by his standards. Nope. Did Travis not. Kelsey have a good game? Nope. We've already established that nobody on the offensive line had a good game, right? Nope. Right. Frank Clark had two good plays early, and then I never heard his name again. Tyron I Matthew. Mean, I mean, did did Tyron Matthew have a good game? Yeah. No. You know what I can say? I can say that the Buccaneers were wide receivers to Jack Bleep, which we kind of thought might happen, but it just turned into Gronk and Leonard freaking Fournette. Well, and Gronk also, and I mean, even though there was a ridiculous call on Snead on it that got declined, Gronk did some terrible things to Snead on his touchdown 
Um, yeah. He got him completely turned around. And Snead just wasn't ready for it. And and they called whole yeah, you know right. you know what? I'm not gonna get mad about the refs. I'm not. I'm not because that it, wasn't. Sorry, I feel like I interrupted this, you also is, there, Nate. But, I was yeah. Yeah, but this is the this is to frame it the right way, I believe. And yes, the refs, as I said on Twitter, were wildly inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. Like incredibly inconsistent. Are you interpreting the rules as I see them on the like the on the black and white page? Like how <laughs> how are you interpreting that, dog? But like all of that is to say, the people you need to play well. To win a Super Bowl, none of them played well. Absolutely. Like, that's, Absolutely. That's the thing that I keep, like, I know there are people that will read my story on The Athletic and be like, well, why is the defense and the referees not mentioned as much as the offense in Mahomes? Well, one, they never got in the end zone. And yeah. two, from a defensive standpoint, they kind of made things easy because they, they, they just they had a bunch of penalties. That were wildly inconsistent. Uh, I do tend to agree with Chris Jones when he says that, like, it can affect you because it affects your aggression when one play is deemed a certain way versus how another play is judged from a subjective manner, which is, you know, just that's the human element. Right. Um, Can I say something out loud that the league don't want me to say something out loud? Mm. Oh, do it. I love that. That was a home game. Yes, mm-hmm. that was not the Super Bowl that 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 we've played on Madden. That is not well. Maybe if you have played on Madden, you've created a way for you to to have yes. a certain scenario. But that that's not the Super Bowl that we've watched fifty four times previous. No, that was they the, they introduced the Bucks last and had like I mean they they introduced the Chiefs like the visiting team. And you you saw it from the very beginning. They had and- cannons. They did the cannons at the end of the game, which they may have done it for either team. It, I don't know, but it, which, it hey, was a home. It yeah. was a home game. Yeah. Look, you, you, you're, I know you're gonna go crazy on this, Josh. Um, it's Bashad Breland's fault again. Did Bashad Breland have a good game? The answer is no. Um, it's Bashad Breland's fault to understand that Andy Reid is essentially chasing points at this point. Hey, hey I'm gonna call these timeouts. We've seen it in the past where he's where he's done that, and the other team is like, "Okay, we're gonna get this first down, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get it in gear." And so, when your coach is putting that amount of trust in you down fourteen six to be like, "Hey man, yep. if you just get this three and out, we get the ball to Patrick Mahomes, and even though we won't have timeouts, hey, maybe we get another field goal." Like I know exactly what Andy Reid's thinking. Yeah, no, we, I, we, I have no problem with that strategy. By the way, we get I get a, it. Yeah. We get a stop. Mahomes gets us in field goal range. Harrison Buckner makes a field goal. It's 14-9 as we take the ball, you know, supposedly to start the third quarter. Right. I completely understand it. Whether you disagree with it or not, that's fine. I'm just trying to tell you the thought process from the coaching staff because they've done it a number of times mm-hmm. uh, where they understand the value of getting points right before halftime because, you know, any coaching staff will tell you that 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 is legitimate momentum that is created, especially when you've deferred before the kickoff to get the ball to start the second half. Now, with all that being said, and Bashad Breeland is a very smart player. He's been really good for the majority of this season after he came back from his suspension. You, 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 can't, you can't let that guy get behind you. Yeah, I don't yeah. care what he does. Like, you just, they have no timeouts. <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't let that guy get behind you. Right. Now, it's a home game because they have incidental contact oh. at the feet. Yeah. And the entire crowd's like, you gotta call that. 
<laughs> and, and it's human. It's human nature. I get it. Yeah. It's like you think of the Super Bowl was an arrowhead that people would have been, been like, don't you? If you pull like, this flag, you will not get on the bus. Oh, you like, want to? So you you want to hear a home game moment when Patrick Mahomes got sandwiched after a throw. And then White drove through it to drive him into the ground. And the refs were like, okay, there's only three minutes left. But we got to call this because holy crap, guys. The crowd booed. Like, audibly. And it's like, you can't fold him up like a sandwich after the throw. And, <laughs> I mean, like, it was one of those things where the refs, that was such a, like, man, we don't want to call this because this game is over. But we have to call this because Mahomes is limping around. And which, by the way, Patrick Mahomes, freaking warrior, man, because I yeah. he just kept getting up and getting up. And I was sitting there. I was half like, man, Reed, just put in Chad Henney. This game is over. Yeah. And, and I mean, he had more fight in him getting hit by Indomitian and Sue than I did sitting in an office chair. Yeah, than I did watching <laughs> him get hit by Sue. Like that hurt my soul. But like that's how because and I know, Nate, you were going to keep going and I want to hear no, no, everything. No. But that was like the crowd booed that call. And I was like, come on on i get it i do like mahomes is looking at the ref because he got his helmet hit on a sack earlier and he's like look at him he's like come on man and it's gonna happen you know you, you can't look this at the refs this- every time it's gonna happen but they booed Devin white they had sacked him and sandwiched him and white kept churning his legs to drive him into the ground knowing that the ball was out and the ref called it and hey, fair enough. Play physical, Devin White. You've had a lot to say on Twitter since then, and, and in your pressers, go off. You won the Super Bowl. You deserve it. And the refs call it because they like, okay, we can't let this get out of hand because they're going to pass the ball every time, and the pass rush is going to tee off. And if they feel like they can just tee off on the guy, we're going to get the face of the NFL hurt, and that's bad. And the crowd booed, and I was just, it was, it was a home game for like, the Bucks. Yeah, were there Chiefs fans in the stands? Yes, I saw I saw them. But I just this is what the league doesn't want for obvious reasons because <laughs> there are humans officiating the game. This isn't a computer, you know? Like this is the equivalent of calling balls and strikes when you're like I feel like we getting squeezed out here, dog. <laughs> Can we just acknowledge that like yo, I yeah. mean it's 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 not the reason they lost. It's why I wanted to make I wanted to name everybody that mattered. Nobody played well when there weren't penalties involved. But the league doesn't want this and it's it's indicative of hey, the Buccaneers went on the road three times in the postseason. Yep, they they, and they won. It. And they won. And the league the league will never say this out loud, but the league was like, I can't I <laughs> can we play this in Orlando? Can we can we play this? They, they went into Green Bay and won. What's that stadium in Hawaii doing right now? It's yeah, yeah, empty, it, right? This is, like it's just so the game, the complexion of the game goes a certain way, and I I just I'm I it'll I'm convinced that if this game was played in San Diego, I'm not sure the Buccaneers would have played as inspired as they would have at certain points of the game. Is all I'm saying. Right. Like and it all it all comes together. I like you're you're trying to caveat all of this just like I was trying to caveat certain things like with Reed's game plan or whatever. None of these are the singular reason the Chiefs right. lost. The offensive Correct. line one of the biggest reasons. 
but not the singular reason. The, if they had protected the offensive line with a better game plan, it doesn't hurt as much. If the offensive line plays a little better, the game plan doesn't hurt as much. If any of the Chiefs really... I, they just... Like, you named off a lot of guys. I can't think of a single Chief... Because, again, you know, Kelsey made some good plays, but he, he, he had also a horrendous drop on a third down when the game was close, right? On a yep. great play from Mahomes <clears throat> when it really mattered. And that's the problem is those first half plays suddenly take on more importance because you get that butterfly effect. It's kind of like when the Chiefs went up 17 nothing the first time these teams played. That mattered because it affects right. the entire yeah. outcome mm-hmm. of the game. And they had a chance. The Chiefs on defense, the first three or four drives showed up. And they had a chance there to do the same thing they did last time, get a lead, and dictate how the game would go. And it's what they've done all year. And instead, yuck. And so the, the refs, though, that is a reason. It's not the reason, but it is. I mean, because it happened during really important drives. Yes. Yeah. And it's, all it's, of it's... those things went, they combined to go wrong. And that's how you get blown the bleep out in the Super Bowl. Go ahead, John. Well, I just there there are three like distinct things I still want to try to get to before yeah. I wrap up, and because there's just a ton that we're not we're not gonna be able to, to cook through everything. There's gonna be some stuff that we'll look back on, and I'm sure we'll. I imagine we'll probably do a show later this week. We haven't talked about it yet, but I feel like there's plenty to talk about to do another I one in a little bit. You. Um, <laughs> I think you probably please, should. Uh, can I not do it? Uh, one one just a very brief thing that I would like to circle on on the offensive line side of things. I've, I'm not going to just, like, blindly defend every single thing that Brett Veach has ever done. In fact, one of this show's main topics over the last six months was how much I didn't care for his choice of positional pick in the first round of the NFL draft. We've been over that. Right. Let, please, please, I mention that only so you will know that I am not, I'm not in Brett Veach's pocket somehow. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that the Chiefs didn't, invest enough in the offensive line is one of the most frustrating things I've seen from Chiefs fans in the last uh, 12 hours or whatever. Right. Because here's here's the thing. Sometimes it just bleep just happens. Things yeah. just go disastrously. The Chiefs lost Eric Fisher, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, Coleccio Simile, Mitchell Schwartz, and Lucas Niang to season-ending issues at different times in the season, obviously. It was torched. By three season-ending injuries and two preseason opt-outs, how how many starting caliber offensive linemen, or even starting capable offensive linemen? I'm saying guys you put out there and you go, you know what, that dude's not going to kill us out there. How many of those guys should each NFL roster have? Because I can easily make a case for the for the Chiefs having at least eight over the course of this year, with Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz, LDT, Coleccio Simile. Austin Ryder, Andrew Wiley, Stefan Wisniewski, Mike Rimmers, Nick Allegretti is nine. Lucas Nyang could have been ten. Dan Kilgore might be eleven. Mm-hmm. Though, and, and look, is there a big gap between some of those dudes and some of the others? I don't know. You know, Schwartz, Fisher, honestly, Osimile looks uh, like a, a cut above from the rest of those guys for yeah. the most part mm-hmm. this year. But those dudes are NFL starters. What's not working is Mike Rimmers at left tackle, Andrew Wiley at right tackle, and then a pass rush that's coming to consume both of them with neither of them getting any help either schematically or in terms of just like having another blocker out there. There's plenty to, to, to be concerned about there. There's, there's plenty of criticism you can levy about how they how they actually played and what actually happened in this game. But the idea that, like, I guess, like, 
Somebody tweeted like, well, you know, those the tackles were there before Veach got there. Veach never invested in the tackle position. First of all, why would you invest in the tackle position if you have the best right tackle in football and a very good starting left tackle? And also, <laughs> they drafted one in the third round this year. He right. just didn't play this season. Like, Correct. that's not on Brett Veach. Somebody else said, well, O'Simile wasn't some marquee signing. He didn't have to be. He was playing tremendously until he tore tendons in both of his knees. Like, it's just, that that to me is one of these, like, frustrating, like, hyper-focused criticisms that doesn't make any sense that only distracts from the fact that there are 5,000 reasonable criticisms yes. from this game. Yes. I just don't think that's one of them. Correct. There's, there, you you asked, you know, how many, how many NFL caliber, and by NFL caliber, you don't mean made the NFL. I assume you mean can plug in and they can play at an average level. Start, starting caliber a, or starting capable. Yep, starting, starting, let's say starting caliber offensive lineman. Very few teams in the NFL, very few, and this has been a point of emphasis with fewer OTAs. Offensive mm-hmm. line coaches have been complaining about this for a couple years now. Um, there are, especially with the way college football has changed, there are very few teams with five starting five. caliber offensive linemen. Yep. Very few. And just look around the league. I'm telling you, like Chiefs fans have talked about the offensive line for years. I- I'm telling you, you look around, there are very few teams that don't have at least one hole on their offensive line that the fan base hates. <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and And so that's, now you're starting talking starting caliber. And what was the other term you used? Because I really liked it. Um, starting capable. Starting capable. I like yeah. that a lot. I'm stealing that. Starting capable. Very most NFL teams don't have five of those. Some do. Some have six. Maybe a few have seven. Like if you get lucky. But you just and here's the problem. They weren't replacing starting caliber players. Mitch Schwartz altered the Super Bowl yes. last year because yeah, good point. And Eric yeah. Fisher was getting killed by Nick Bosa. I get it. But you want to know something that happened on some of their comeback drives? He he managed. He did it. He slowed down a monster just enough yeah. for Mahomes yeah. to succeed. In the meantime, oh. Mitch Schwartz was like picking his teeth with D Ford on the other side of the line. And that matters. And you can't replace your, both your starting tackles. And and you're starting left guard and you're starting right guard and expect, you know, people say, well, they didn't invest enough. Yes, they did. They were just all gone. That would be like if Patrick Mahomes, you know, ha- let's say his injury had been, you know, season ending against the Browns and mm-hmm. Chad Henney played like they managed to make the Super Bowl somehow and Chad Henney played badly. And Chiefs fans said they didn't invest enough in quarterback. That doesn't make right. sense. <laughs> or if Ty, you know, if Travis Kelsey got hurt, and they said they didn't invest enough in tight end or Tyree kill and Sammy Watkins get hurt. They didn't invest enough in wide receiver. No, they got hurt and your backups are worse than your starters. Sorry. Yeah. I got angry for you. No, no, it's right. It's J- just, it's right. And, and we also have to remember too, um, Damian Williams is not on the roster, right? He opted out as well. So, yeah. And, and like, he, he plays well in the big moments. Yeah. I, Shay, he's, he's, hey, he was in- here, here, here's one. Shout out to Clyde Edwards. He played well in the very limited opportunities he got. And Josh, to prove your point with regards to first round running backs, it didn't really move the needle, right? Yeah. Correct. He, so, he also he also never, this is, this is a, I do not want to have this conversation oh, no, in this fine. episode that later on. But like, he never, he never was trusted on third downs. Absolutely. Like that never happened this year. That's important. At all, which is really 
which is interesting. Again, not even necessarily as a value judgment, just something that was really clear. Yes. Because, like, look, Daryl Williams got hit in the face mask with that touchdown. He was out there because the Chiefs trust him to also, like, read pass protection yep. and help out that way. So he was, that's why he was at the goal line getting hit in the face with the with the football. <laughs> I would have rather had Clyde there than Daryl Williams with, with that ball coming in at his face. Mm-hmm. I think Clyde had a better chance of catching it, but I don't think they believe that Clyde had a better chance of, of making the offense holistically better in that game. And that's interesting to me. I, again, not a value judgment. No, just a, no, just but a, it, it's right, worth noting. And it is worth noting. Again, you can have your running back play fairly well. But like if you've got William, Damian Williams, you've got more options there. That was actually just on a complete side note, and we'll talk more about it later. I, they did come out. They ran the ball a couple times in the first to, to start the second half. And they were kind of successful. And then they immediately went away from it. And yep. I'm not Mr. You know, establish the run guy, but like with the way the Bucks were playing, some of those draws and traps that they ran, I thought to myself after that drive ended, I was like, you know, they could have run a couple more of those. Mm-hmm. Like that looked that looked good, but I mean, the Bucks are really hard to run the ball against. But and, yeah. but I mean that 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 was that was all very cogent points, Joshua. Thank you. I love to mix those in occasionally. <laughs> I would I would say two things real quickly. Um, Traveris Ward played well. Um, yeah. He did not hold Mike Evans. No. I'm, I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. But but here's but here's the lesson in this. That one really could have been a huge moment. That one would have been yeah. Obviously, Tyron Matthew makes the interception. It would still be a seven three game. Perhaps the Chiefs go down and capitalize off the turnover. Um, it's not on Traverius Ward that again the human element got involved. But it is Miko Hartman's fault. For when the defense actually does its job, which is okay, fine. I guess we'll we'll force them to kick a field goal to 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 just like to be offsides. Like, yeah. like I, I, that no, that was bad. That they, they really that's didn't. not on that's not on the refs. Yeah. Okay, Chris so, Jones' like, anytime, penalty wasn't on the refs either. He retaliated yeah, so any, like an idiot. That was yeah. bad. So anytime you mention anytime Chiefs fans mention the refs in relation to this game, did it take a turnover away? Yes. Was it? A poor judgment call by the ref, of course. The defense had a goal line stand, and they forced him to kick a 40-yard field goal that was negated because they were they 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 committed their own mistakes mm-hmm. too large to come back for him. The second point is Tom Brady threw for 201 passing yards and mm-hmm. got away with it. Got away with it. Mike Evans. MVP, baby. MVP. Mike Evans had one catch. Yep. And they got away with it. Got away with it. Chris Godwin had two catches. Yep. Got away with it. So the Buccaneers, because they have Tom Brady, and Byron Leftwich has been yeah. very good this yeah, he year. Was, he was nails. They realized what the Chiefs' weakness was, which is the middle of the field with linebackers and throwing away from – Throwing away from Tyron Matthew if given the opportunity. Now, obviously, his interception was off of a a, a pass deflection at the line of scrimmage by Chris Jones. But look, if I would have told you Mike Evans is going to have one catch for 31 yards and you're going to have to rely on Rob Gronkowski, who's been eh, up and down, mm-hmm. probably the best way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Scotty Miller, one carry minus three yards. Yep. I, I, you look at this box score, and it literally, it, it's just, it's mind-blowing. Now, did they do a good job with Leonard from that? The answer is hell to the no. Um, 
Leonard Fournette and Rob Gronkowski were the best players on offense for the Buccaneers. It was not Tom Brady. No one can convince me otherwise. He threw for 201 yards. Probably should have had an interception if, you know, wasn't playing in his home stadium. But they achieved that. Them's be the breaks. That's how the game played. But to think that Tom Brady was the MVP of that game is um, that is a miscalculation, in my opinion. I thought the best player was was Rob Gronkowski. He he wasn't even the most valuable quarterback in that game. I'll fight anyone. So I'll fight anybody. <laughs> so I, I'll did, did there did there was their quarterback ever forced to throw the ball oh. parallel, parallel to, to the, the ground? Field. Yeah, sure was that it. was. Ugh. So I'll, I'll I'll do my I'll do my two points and then I'll be done because I know we're winding <sighs> down. The first, yeah. There's and there, there's. Can I can I just give you one stat and just oh, see if no. this does anything for you? Just no, oh, no this is just a, a thing that I haven't gotten a chance to get to yet. Um. Tom Brady was throwing the football in about 2.27 seconds on average, which is pretty quick. He also was pressured four times on 30 yep. dropbacks, the lowest in his Super Bowl career. I think all about how were in the he, first half. Ten Super Bowl appearances. Ten. This we is a about, pretty good sample size. This this year, this year, he was excellent whenever he wasn't pressured, and he turned into a pumpkin whenever he was pressured, and there were no gourds seen anywhere on that football field last night. <laughs> that was no, the only thing about the pass rush. There were no gourds. And so, you, you, Nate, you talked about the, the, the receivers and that sort of stuff. The game plan that the, the, or the Patriots, good Lord, the Buccaneers <laughs> got away with. Con Cowherd you over know, here, geez. Yeah, that, that, the, that the, the Buccaneers got away with. It... Wouldn't have worked if the offense wasn't getting dominated. If the Chiefs' offense yes. wasn't getting dominated, that right. game plan doesn't put up because that's where people. Oh, the defense was really bad. It was in the second half. They started to get run over. But here's the deal: in the first half, the Chiefs had multiple chances to take leads and big leads. They they had a goal line stand. You mentioned the first goal line stand. The defense yeah. got let down hardcore in the first half because they had one goal line stand. Yeah. They had one goal line stand where the Chiefs weren't able to really do anything with it afterwards. They stopped them on fourth and a one. They did a great job there, and the Chiefs weren't able to capitalize in a big way. Then they had another huge stand after a horrendous punt but that, that put them in a terrible position. They have another goal line stand. After First they get an interception, get that taken away from them. Then they get another goal line stand, and, they, they, and Hardman just lines up off sides. And that that was a deserved penalty. I mean, to be fair, you know, if you want me to find you some screenshots of Buccaneers guys lined up in the neutral zone, I can. But that, I mean, that happens. Them's the breaks. The defense stopped the Buccaneers their first two drives. They the defense in the first half, and I know the Bucks put up 21 points, and so it's easy to box score analyze this. The defense in the first half, by and large, did its job and gave the Chiefs offense every opportunity. And the offense couldn't capitalize. So, you know, you talk about the 51% here. If you're going to do the 51% here, it's 51% the offense, at least. They, sc- they didn't score a touchdown, guys. The defense gave them chances when you look at the flow of the game. The second thing, Patrick Mahomes made easily the three best plays by a quarterback last night, and none of them counted. And mm. that is going to stay with me for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Um, okay, so I'm going to uh, absolutely downshift and do a completely different thing because I have to mention it. One, and something that I've seen is some people asking these questions. And then one, just because we haven't talked about it on the show at all yet. 
Um, and if either of you guys want to say anything at the end, you can. Otherwise, I can direct people in a few different directions and we'll wrap up this way. Um, I imagine most people listening at this point are fully aware that Thursday night, uh, Britt Reed, Chiefs uh, linebackers coach and son of Andy Reed, was involved in a multi-car accident that ended up uh, critically injuring a five-year-old girl who at the point of, of us recording this right now, the latest update from the GoFundMe that's been set up, which you can find pretty easily, um, her name is Ariel. And if you Google anything in that regard or look at pretty much any member of Chiefs Media, we, someone has probably retweeted the link to it relatively recently. Um, as of yesterday, there was a report from a, a family member who set this up that she is still in critical condition, has not woken up to this point, no progress updates as of right now. Um, there was another child in the car that was injured less critically. Um, the five-year-old girl that that um, has the GoFundMe set up right now is the more critical of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that came up in post-game pressers and that came up on Twitter and a bunch of stuff was, you know, did this impact Andy Reid at all? He opened his press conference referencing it and saying that, you know, his heart breaks for everyone involved but couldn't say too much more, which is more or less what I expected. Um, the The story is, is bad, and the pictures and the details in the GoFundMe are devastating. It is yes. it is impossible possibly difficult to read and to look at um it's terrible uh the game plan for this week was put into place during the first of the two weeks of Mm -hmm. the super bowl preparing process this happened on thursday uh i don't know that andy reed was people saying was andy reed distracted i'm sure he was i'm sure he thought about on the plane here's the other thing is this whole story um kind of derailed my whole like Friday whenever the GoFundMe came out and everything. Um, and all the, we got more details and you could put a face to the name. And even if yeah. it's raised $300,000 as of the, the time we're recording this right now, I think the original goal was 45. Yes. Um, it, you should go look at it so you can put a face and a name to just five-year-old critically injured. Um, But also, you know, it, it is devastating, and also we did a podcast for an hour. It didn't come up. I don't think Andy Reid didn't adjust well at halftime because of this story, and the, mm-hmm. the game plan was put into place the week before. It's a really awkward dichotomy, and again, it's – I don't have a word other than devastating. It's it's horrid. Yeah, um, right. I also right. don't think there's many dots to connect from this and their Super Bowl loss, which I just feel – I've seen it come up enough that I wanted to at least put it out there. And then also we we hadn't done a show since that story happened. Correct. If either of you guys have anything on it, feel free. But I wanted to bring it up. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll try to be brief. Um, there's going to be more reporting. Um, the Kansas City Police Department is going through its investigation. The Chiefs are going to investigate this a little bit more now that the season is concluded. Um, Britt Reed was not with the team this weekend. Uh, he is in the hospital as well. Um in terms of how these two things are connected, um, there's a lot of context when it comes to Andy Reid uh, and his children. Um, obviously, I think most fans know uh, what occurred with his other son during training camp when he overdosed. Um, people, unfortunately in life, sometimes have to work under extremely difficult circumstances. Uh, Andy Reid is not singular in this matter. Um, you know, 
I, the game is primarily what we're here for. And I think moving forward now, the offseason pretty much starts here. Um, you know, based on the police information, um, this incident, accident, tragedy becomes really grim because, um, the accident occurred. And I don't know if you said this, Josh, it occurred. I don't think I did. Yeah. Right outside the facility and Britt Reed, according to the Kansas city police department, acknowledged that he had at least two, two, three drinks. And the obvious assumption is, allegedly, he drank while on the job or drank at the facility and then inexplicably got in a car. And now a five-year-old girl hasn't woken. People have jobs to do. The timing was, um, the timing is never good, but the timing is uh, grim and... Andy Reid is like several Americans who have to work under circumstances that are not ideal. But I don't I don't see a path forward in this in for the context of this story that 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 is that is um that's one not dire and two not um And two, that's just not really going to be uh that's going to be positive in the end, I guess is the nicest way to say this. Um yeah. Britt Reed's coaching career may be done, but that may be the least of things moving forward. And again, uh this is early on. There's going to be reports about obviously his alcohol intake. Um the police department told me over the weekend that, you know, their investigation usually takes for a accident of this magnitude. It takes often weeks. Um, and so we're going to learn more over time. Uh, but I'm glad that you obviously mentioned this, Josh. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes said that you obviously want to pray for the family and, it was good that he acknowledged what had occurred. Um, but people have jobs, even in the realm of professional sports. And um, it was, you know, people are going to remember the Super Bowl for this reason. In in light of, obviously, what the final score was. Um, do I, I know we got to go. Can I, yeah, yeah, can yeah. I take a couple yeah, minutes on it? Yep. So I've, uh, um, every state's a little bit different. I've prosecuted a number of, uh, of CVOs, criminal vehicular operation cases, um, which is where someone has, has been using or allegedly using and, um, and, or driving extremely negligently and causes property damage or harm to individuals. Um, let me just start off with one thing. Drinking and driving is one of the most preventable, stupid, senseless, selfish things that you can do. Um, I have I have gone on death notifications and been the person to to tell a mom, you know, what happened. And let me just tell you that you, you, there's no undoing anything, right? Like the GoFundMe, it's great that people are surrounding it, but there's no undoing anything. 
Like, you can't fix it. I've watched defendants in courts um, sob to families that they wish they could trade places, and they would if they could. But you can't, right? You can't trade places. You can't undo damage. Um, A a low-level comparison that I I use with my sons all the time, not just with drinking and driving, but with with a lot of high-risk behaviors, is when you throw a football carelessly and stupidly, not meaning anything by it, and it breaks a window, right? You can't unbreak the window. Mm -hmm. And you didn't mean to break the window. You didn't mean to do anything, but you can't undo it. And it doesn't matter what you meant to do. I have I have worked cases where people accidentally backed over their kids. I have worked a lot of um, really just stuff. Drinking and driving is an incredibly selfish thing. And if you do it, you are, I, I, I get it. You don't mean anything by it, but you can't undo it. And so please don't do it. Um, and let me just tell you, one drink has a bigger effect on you than you think. I've prosecuted cases where the person swore up and down they only had one drink. Their BAC was almost off the charts because blood alcohol level and how intoxicated you get is very depending, not just on your size, but your blood chemistry and a number of other things. Um, that That's first. Second, um, I guess we'll have to see what, what all comes out with the details. Like I said, I've prosecuted a number of these cases. And I know enough to know to maybe keep my mouth shut um, because we need to see more details. But, you know, the, the let me just say the, the warrant that got released, it reads pretty standard, you know, a couple of drinks, uh, blood draw. And, and sometimes it takes a while for those to come back. Um, the, I just wanted to take a minute to say that about drunk driving, which has um, a lot of long-term repercussions that people just don't think about. And you just you cannot undo the damage that you could potentially do. And it doesn't matter whether you meant to. It just doesn't. And, and you can't undo it. And you will ruin your life. You will ruin someone else's life. And maybe end someone else's life. And so please think about that. Second thing, um, uh, having worked a number of issues like this, everyone kind of comes around victims, families, right away. If you're thinking, what can I do? Check back in in six months because people come around victims' families right now, and then, you know, life. And that's not because anyone's doing anything wrong necessarily, right? Life gets in the way. We're busy. And and, and there's so much tragedy that it's very easy to just move on to the next thing. Check back in in six months is my advice to you. See if there's another GoFundMe. See if there's family members you can reach out to to see if if you can bring them meals or something like that. Try to direct your anger um, or sadness in a positive direction. And it, it might sound weird to say, don't do anything right now. Yes, give, do something right now, but also check back in six months because you will log off your computer and go on with your day. That they will not, right? And they will not in six months. They will not in one year. We'll see whether, um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see whether the girl makes it. And either way, check back in six months because they will need help then too. Um, the one other thing I'll say as well is that this has not in any way been a uh, an all-encompassing series of all the details and all of that. Right. Um, if you want to get more of what is out right now, 41 Action News at KSHB, they, they had the first story out online. It had been updated, it's been updated a million times since it originally was posted. And, and if you want more details, because like, I don't even think we, I don't know if we mentioned that like, they were part, there were parked cars that, that Britt mm-hmm. Reed allegedly hit. 
if you want to get into all of the details of it, that's all available. Um, do not take this as a as a um, all encompassing recap of all the details, and um, we'll keep an eye on. I mean, whenever if 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 and when there are updates with new information, we'll talk about it. Uh, it is just as awkward a transition yep. for the end of a show that's been about the Super Bowl as it has been a weekend, and that sort of. That feels about right. Um, I, I also will just say that we'll I'll, I'll wrap up, and Nate, you can come up with a funny outro for next week. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably not the mood at the moment. But you can um, again, you can check. I would I would really, 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 really encourage people to just go to go read the post from the family member um, on the GoFundMe, and then you can decide if you want to give or not, and take you know circle back in six months, like Seth says, or not. That's you can do that but i think putting a, a face to it is important um we've nate's gonna continue to have we're all gonna have continue to have coverage of the super bowl nate said there, there'll be more reporting on that story yeah. you can follow all of us in all the usual places and i imagine we'll have another show later this week in all likelihood because there's going to be more to talk about from the chief side of things no idea about this part of the story but uh a, a really deeply sad story and then also a football game that didn't go the right way which maybe maybe there's some perspective in that i don't know uh thanks for listening to this uh long and now absolutely rambling episode because i don't know how to end that conversation at all i failed to do this on 810 on friday as well it was excessive and it's excessive again now because it's awful um so we will wrap up on that note we'll talk to you again Later this week. Also, I'll say uh, for all for all four of us, for, for me, Seth, uh, Nate, and Danielle, thank you for listening over the course of this season. Doing this podcast this year has been, once again, uh, a fabulous experience in uh, enormous part thanks to all of you who have listened and sent in questions and uh, have been a part of it this entire year. So. Thanks for listening and don't 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 unsubscribe, you know? Don't go anywhere. We'll 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 keep doing more shows uh, over the course of the off season. It'll be a busy off season, I imagine as well. So, I don't know. Was that how long did I talk there? Was it 6 hours? It felt like 6 hours. We'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>